97.9 The Hill, WCHL, and the UNC Hussman School of Journalism and Media present Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. Sports Focus, dedicated to in-depth examination of issues of overriding importance in the sports world. Each week, we'll discuss problems and look for solutions in professional, collegiate, and amateur sports. From Carroll Hall on the Carolina campus, here's your host, UNC journalism professor, Charlie Tuggle. Welcome to Sports Focus. Our topic today, the return of college sports. Our guest, Kendra Douglas, a TV sports reporter and anchor in Orlando and a UNC alum. All right, Kendra. So, uh, of course, the big news is football, but other spring sports are returning as well, and we'll talk about them. But uh, let's start with football. The first game of the season was supposed to be Carolina and UCF. Now, that's (laughs) different. Um, what do you think about the the way things are going with the conference only approach? I think you don't have a choice. Um, I was looking forward to the UCF game, of course, because we cover them. But I think in this situation, um, what you're noticing a lot is these college teams are looking at how the pros are doing it and kind of figuring out how can we do it on our level. You're not going to be able to really have that bubble approach with every school. So if you kind of just make it conference, I think that's kind of the approach they're taking is just, just trying to keep it contained as much as possible. So uh, I, I don't think you have a choice in this type of situation. All right. So the 10 and one model is mm-hmm. most of the power five conferences are going in that direction. Uh, 10 conference games and then one non-conference game. We'll get to the non-conference uh, in, in just a minute, but uh, instead of ending with the big rival, not our rival, uh, NC State, (laughs) starting with NC State. How weird is that going to be? Uh, Very weird. I mean, one, I think they always, you you said it best, not our rival. They love to think that we are rivals. So (laughs) it's always an interesting um, approach to that. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing what UNC comes up with this year. They've done very well recruiting-wise. I've kept up with them, and I've really enjoyed seeing the program that Mac Brown's putting together. You know, it's the return of the Mac, and I'm, I'm excited to see this team go against NC State. I think it's always been a tough game for them. Um, NC State has shifted in its years, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that game goes, even though it's the start of it. And, and we never really you're, – you're hitting, you're hitting the ground and running. That's basically what you're doing. I think you're going to see that with so many conferences this season is just – hit the ground running facing opponents that you don't think you're going to start out with, but you are. Um, And it's just, it's the time that we're living in right now. That's just really what it is. All right. I do want to jump back to uh, ACC in just a minute, but I'm curious what's happening with UCF. If uh, not, (laughs) not playing UNC, obviously, but not a power five conference either. So what's happening with UCF? You know, I think with UCF, I think it's in the same boat. They don't really have a choice either to not play football this season. Here's what you're seeing. It's just this whole thing of, you know, the kids want to play, the the teams want to play. But even you can you can attest to this and, and see this. Like, when, when it comes to overall, it's, it's the money standpoint, too. We can't forget about that. How much money sports brings in every year, I don't think you can just necessarily stop it. So that's, you know, kind of what you're seeing is, especially with UCF, it's a huge program and it's a huge stadium. And you have so many fans that want to be there. 
So what do you do? And, and I think that what you're going to see with, you know, UCF and, and even schools with UNC is they're trying to figure out what is the best way to go about um, these situations. What is the best way to have a season and, and limit the spread of this virus? UCF's in the same boat. Uh, you know, the teams are here. They're looking forward to it. We did have that situation where players did, you know, we had some issues with players testing positive, but they're moving forward. And I think that that's just kind of what everyone's going to be doing is, is learning from this experience day by day, honestly. Well, you know, the big money comes from TV, TV rights. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's some money that comes from uh, fans in the stands. But beyond that, it's the ambiance of fans mm -hmm. in the stands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. Um, when you talk about these things, I guess everyone's kind of saying, well, what do we do about our tickets this year? And I, I have actually spoken with some fans who are kind of like, well, do we keep them or do we like, how do we, what do we go? How do we do this? And you're right. All, a lot of this is about TV and the money comes in with TV. And, and you're right when you say like, you know, it's the ambiance of the fans, but I think that the fans at UCF, I think they play a huge role with this team. I think they've backed the AD and they backed this team so much that you're, you're seeing now that you can't exactly just say, all right, fans, we can't just have you. I think you're going to see before this season, somehow they're going to contribute to this. I'm interested to see if they take the MLB approach and try to, you know, put cardboard fans in the stands. You know, I, I would love to see that happen. But I think when you talk about certain people and certain teams, I, you – Fans bring up a whole – fans are incorporated a lot with these teams. They're part of their teams. They feel like they're a part of the team. So I'm interested to see how programs handle that, though. I, I really am. The models I've seen from UNC of how to safely put fans in the stands range from 17% capacity to 33% capacity. Mm -hmm. uh, even, you know, a third full, that's better than, than cardboard cutouts. Uh, sort of fan <laughs> noise and, you know, getting the team hyped and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, what's funny is I, um, I covered the Marlins opening. I mean, not the Marlins, the Rays opening night and they had fake fan noise. And Dr. T, when I tell you, it just blew my mind. Cause I was like, this is, this is what we're doing. <laughs> like, this is, this is how we're going to be living life now. And it got to a point where I think the fan noise increased louder when a player was doing well at the bat bat. So like, I'm, I'm mind blown that this is kind of the new way that we're doing things. Um, NFL teams, they want to have at least a certain amount. Well, some do want to have fans in the stands. I think it could be possible. I just think you have to do it safely. I think that you just have to find a way to make sure that everyone is going to be on the same page if you decide to do that. But um, I don't know. I kind of enjoy the cardboard cutouts. Put me in. Uh, sign me up. I'll, 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 I'll sign one. I'll have one at UNC's games. Sports Focus. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Focus. We're talking about the return of college sports with uh, sports reporter Kendra Douglas, who got her started at UNC. So uh, we were talking about the cardboard cutouts and the and the fan noise. I noticed that uh, in in a 
Major League Baseball game I was watching, you know, the pitcher threw over to first base and they even had booze, you know, like <laughs> you would have if, if, if there were fans in the stands. So uh, that's interesting. And when a, when a team, especially a college football team, is getting ready to go to Clemson or somewhere mm-hmm. like that, you know, they practice with this huge uh, piped in noise. So I guess that's not totally strange, but, but it is um, a little bit weird. So let's talk uh, more about uh, Carolina's schedule. So you know, we're starting, uh, Carolina's starting with uh, NC State, of course, going to play Duke. Uh, I think sort of the key games are going to be Notre Dame, FSU, Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, the Notre Dame game is going to be a good one. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, when you talk about these programs this year, the, the, the thing that gets me is kind of the level of um, readiness, I think, worries me in a sense when you talk about these really big, strong games. Um, and in general, for the season, the level of readiness. Are these players ready? And then you ask yourself, well, if these players ready are, if they are ready, do they have a backup plan for if something were to happen? Um, and when you talk about games like Miami and you talk about games like Notre Dame, those are the ones where, you know, you want your best of your best. You want to come correct and you want to make sure that your team shows up and that they're in the best state. Uh, that's honestly something that I've been thinking about lately uh, with these games is just the level of readiness for the teams. Are they actually going to be able to be ready? Are they actually going to be able to play and actually finish their season? What do you do if you can't complete your season? What do you do if you can't even complete one of your home games? Those are the questions that kind of come to mind when I look at the schedule, just because I I look at how it, when you look at it, it seems like they want to hit out the gate right away, just in case something does happen. But I'm, I'm interested to know, um, what happens this season it's it we're all interested we're all going to be watching yeah so the acc in particular uh was two divisions now it's one big division this this season uh notre dame is sort of like fully sort of on board uh so it's the top two records which is to me is interesting and i wonder how that Obviously, you want to try to win every time, but how that would change strategy if you're not in a division, but you're in this big, you know, everybody's lumped together and you're, you're just looking for uh, total wins as opposed to uh, division wins. It's, it's, a, it's a tougher version of this Carolina schedule. You know, you, you, you look at it and because you mentioned the whole one division, it, it definitely brings out a tougher um, type of schedule for this team. Um, I, I'm interested. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I think that when it comes to just how this program will go this season, or how this how the schedule will go this season, I, I think that Mac ended on a really high note. I think that there's a lot riding on this team, and I think that recruiting wise, like I kind of mentioned earlier, recruiting wise, there's a lot of hype going on with this team. So yeah, you might not think of you know, I think each team, I think you're going to hear each team say one game at a time, but I think with the Tar Heels, I think there's a level of, um, we have no choice but to succeed this year. Um, just because they had such a good 
ending of their season and you saw that potential and you saw the way this team worked together and you saw what they can do. I mean, let's be real, that Clemson game, that was all UNC last year. And you knew that they could win, you could beat, they could beat Clemson. And you wanted them to. So if they bring that type of energy like they did last year and they actually can complete a game and, and have this game and, and then can finish a game, I think UNC is going to be back on the board where a lot of people are going to be talking about this program. And I'm excited for them. Yeah, UNC uh, does not have to face Clemson in the 10-game season, would mm-hmm. face potentially face Clemson in the championship game. So I think the Hills caught a little bit of a break with that. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. But let's be honest. We, that's the game we all want to watch. <laughs> You're right about they caught a break with that one. You know, the elephant in the room, like you mentioned, is that Notre Dame game um, and just getting to the ACC championship. It, that's going to be the tougher part of it. Um, but overall, looking at the schedule and looking at the home games and looking at the away games, I think this team definitely could get – I think this team definitely has the potential and, and, and has what it takes to do well this season and come out with a good year. I, I, I really like their schedule this year. I really like it, even though it's changed a little bit and even though I was really looking forward to the UCF game. <laughs> Sports Focus. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Focus. We're talking with Kendra Douglas, a sports anchor in uh, Orlando and a UNC alum. So uh, Sam Howell, you know, you talk about potential for this team he's uh in espn's top 50 players in the country he's Mm -hmm. actually number 11 uh and number three among quarterbacks so he had a breakout season as a as a freshman i think he's going to have more talent around him than he had as a freshman what do you see from sam howell in 2020 Uh, there's things that you can always improve uh, and I think last year he saw that um, playing efficiently and, and, you know, and honing in on his accuracy. Those are things that I think that you could definitely see with uh, Sam Howe, but you're, you're right. When you say, I think they're, I think the heels are in good hands. I think that um, Mac has allowed Sam to really take over the team. The one thing I've learned within football and, and, and seeing teams grow, if you allow a leader and you listen to them and you, and you, and you work with them, your team can well, it can work as a well-oiled machine. And, and yeah, that's the obvious. And yeah, we know that's something where you're like, well, duh, Kendra, that's everyone knows that, but a lot of teams don't have that. And a lot of teams don't want to look into that. So I think Sam Howe definitely ha- is going to have a really good season this year. I'm excited to see what he does this season. Um, and I think he, I think looking at the schedule too, he probably is really hype. <laughs> All right, so uh, just a few minutes uh, about non-football uh, sports, the non-revenue sports. You were a track athlete at Carolina. Yes. What's it going to mean to these students to get their, their seasons back? A lot. But then again, you focus on athletes who maybe not, might, who maybe not, might not need this. One thing that I did uh, talk a lot about with the athletes is, okay, well, what are you going to do if you come back this season? A lot of them, you know, this is a great time to prepare for the Olympics. This is a great year for them to get ready for that. But a lot of athletes you're going to see, 
they have their eye on the prize of something else. And they might want to not focus on athletics right away, or they might not want to get back into that. But the ones who do want to get back into athletics, this means a lot to them. And they want to accomplish a lot this season, for sure. You can tell. All right, so we had uh, athletes who lost their spring season. It looked Mm -hmm. like some athletes were going to lose their fall season. Any of this could change tomorrow, right? So not, not having control. What does that mean to an athlete? Well, I was going to say, you know, we've already had that here. And that's what scares me is that a lot of athletes who I think thought, okay, I'm going to come back. They've already said a lot of programs here, well, smaller D, like D3 and D2 programs have already said, you know, we might have to postpone this season again, or we might have to, we, we don't honestly know what's going to happen. So that control is scary for a lot of athletes who have given it their all. I gave it my all, you know, I, I go out there every day and I gave it my all. And so you have these athletes who this, this might be their only chance. Again, I mentioned the Olympics are coming up. This might be their only time to really prepare for the Olympics. They might not be able to do it outside um, of their sport or anywhere else. It's the uncertainty that really, you know, gets people and, and, and kind of weighs down on you, but you're going to see a lot of these athletes find ways to just make it. You saw that over the summer athletes were doing whatever they could to make sure that they could continue to stay in shape and that they could get back to their sport. They'll find a way, but you know, they definitely don't want to have their season taken away from them again. Here's what I think some of them are facing though. And, and I want to get your reaction to how, you would have reacted to this. Uh, I talked to a non-revenue athlete just the other day uh, who said, I'd actually rather wait out. You know, I'm fairly young uh, mm-hmm. for, for my class. I'd rather wait out to another year when I could play a full schedule rather mm-hmm. than play what's essentially going to be a half schedule this year. I would how, say would, if you're younger, how would you yeah. have felt about that? I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't think I, I don't, I don't think I can wait only because in my sports a little different in a sense of if you're a track runner, your body can only handle so much for a certain amount of time. A, a track runner does have that life expectancy. If you want to call it that they do have that sprinters do have that distance runners. It's a little different. So if I were to hear that, I don't, I don't think I could, I don't think I would feel the same. Now, granted, everyone is different. You know, you have field hockey and lacrosse. They could possibly be a little different if they, because they have a lot going for them. Their program, their programs have done well every year. So it's kind of like for them, if they wanted to wait because they wanted to have a full season and everything, I can understand that from a track athlete's perspective, you know, get me on the track right now. If I just need two or three races, that's going to help me get to where I need to be. I'm fine with that. And because we don't really have that um, life expectancy <laughs> that every other athlete has. We, we just don't. 20 seconds to go. How, uh, what's your prediction for UNC football for 2020? Oh, that's a really hard one. And I'm caught on the spot. I think that they will beat Notre Dame. That's all I'm going with. I I take it day by day, game by game. That's the best one I got for you. I think they're going to have a really good season. I'm super pumped to see, and I might be the only one, I don't know, but I'm super pumped to see how this team does this season. I know Notre Dame's going to be a hard one, but I think they're going to come out with a win. 
And that does it for this edition of Sports Focus. Thanks to our guest, Kendra Douglas. Thanks also to producer Chip Sweeney. And as always, thanks to you for listening. Cheers. Thanks to Richard Southall, Mark Nagel, and Deborah Southall at the College Sport Research Institute at the University of South Carolina for their research and guidance and for access to CSRI's international network of sources. Sports Focus is a service of UNC's Hussman School of Journalism and Media.